That's very cool. We're going to continue today in our series uh, that we've been um, just talking about. What are you doing? Uh, and that's the real question of the series. What are you doing about developing your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? If there's an overarching theme that we've had on this year, that theme is that uh, God wants us to build up the intimacy with Him. A very personal walk with Jesus. And He wants that bolstered and He wants it strengthened and He wants you and I to be getting as much personal oil of intimacy, the connection with God on a personal level as much as you can. And we felt for a while now, for over a year, I felt a very strong urge prophetically to say to the people of God, listen, listen, listen to me, listen to me. Now is the time to gather oil. Because <clears throat> the time is coming when you're going to need to burn the oil. And for those people who've gathered oil, the night is not a dangerous place because you're going to have more than enough oil to keep you going, keep you happy. It's going to be some of the most beautiful days imaginable. The next few years, listen to me, the next few years are going to be some of the most unbelievable years for those who have developed the oil of intimacy in their life. If you have a relationship with Jesus, He's going to speak to you ahead of time. You're going to understand what's going on. You're going to be at peace. You're going to find joy. You're going to walk in the prosperity of God. God's going to turn everything to your favor. The next, listen to me, the next few years are going to be some of the most unbelievably good years that you've ever had in your life. Or, or, if you don't develop this relationship with the Lord, they might be some of the darkest. So go back to the first one. They're going to be great, though. <laughs> Jesus has something in his heart. He wants to speak to you. And when he speaks it, it becomes possible. He is the God who speaks the things that are not as though they are. So if you're looking for it before he speaks them to you, they don't exist. But when he speaks them, they exist. For anybody who believes in what he said. So, so don't now be listening to anybody else. What a, what a, what a, what a, what a. Listener beware in the next few months. Listener beware. I don't listen to any talking here. No, no. Let's go to the Lord. What are you saying? Because what he says will create a possibility for you, a future for you that you haven't dreamed of yet. And all you need to do is believe what he said and stop listening to what the enemy said. That's not my, that's not my message. That's just what's on my heart. So let's get to the message. I, I, we're talking about how to develop a relational plan. How do I develop my walk with God? I want you uh, to have some sort of a plan. I want a relationship plan. I, I want to grow in my walk with the Lord. I want to grow in my faith. I want to grow in grace. I want to grow in knowledge. All of these things the New Testament urges us to do. I want to develop more. But I, I, the reality is, if I'm not deliberate about that, it's probably not going to happen like the rest of things in my life. If I want to make headroads, if I want to move forward, I have to be deliberate about that. I have to focus. And so that's what we're talking about. The overarching scripture was Jeremiah 6.16, in which uh, the, the, Jeremiah says, listen, here's, here's what I'm saying. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. And you will find rest for your souls. There's four verbs in that verse. Stand, look, ask, and walk. Stand, look, ask, 
and walk. And this past eight weeks of, of series we've been doing has really just been basically around that slow down, get a grip, take a stand, look around you, ask the Lord for wisdom, and then do what he's telling you to do. Now, 2,000 years ago, Jesus spoke to the people that followed him about a way of life and a kingdom that was to come. He wasn't speaking into the air. He was deliberately speaking to people and saying that my style of life is otherworldly. It's of another domain. It's from another ruler's dominion. There is a way that you can live. And if you listen to me, you can live the same life I'm living. And we've been exhorting you to do that. Some people mocked him in his day. Some people mock him still. But his words remain the standard for eternal life. So we're going to stand. And and that's what we're trying to do is just take a pause, stand, ask, look, obey. So learning to do life the way that Jesus did it is what the series is about. We're not talking about doing life in the way that I want to do it on behalf of Jesus, because that's religion. I want to do life the way Jesus said to do life, because Jesus brings life. Now, Jesus said, I'll build my church. You go and make disciples. A lot of people are interested in building the church and let Jesus make the disciples. But he said, no, no, I'll build the church. You make disciples. And there's a lot of theories about how to do that. How do we go and make disciples? And so we created a journey map. And, and th- this is the graph of it, as you know it. It's, it's, no, we created a journey map with eight lands because we figured out that we wanted to have a sort of a backbone, a trellis, if you like, where people could go and begin a process of developing their spiritual life if they have a spiritual plan. And the journey map is basically a living archive of resources to help you discover more about your journey with Jesus. So the real question is, well, how's that going to help me? There's a photograph up there of a vineyard. I hope this works because I want you to imagine Jesus said he is divine and you are the branch, right? Right? So he said, I'm the vine and you're the branch. And without me, you can do nothing. If, imagine this is the vine. If we take it and we just connect it and we leave it on the floor, that may still produce grapes. Fruit may still come out of that. But the likelihood of that fruit being disrupted or corrupted or eaten or downtrodden is very high. So what you do with a vine is you pick it up and you pick it up off the floor and you tie it up, and you force it in a, in a way. You, you take what is natural, and you force it into unnatural ways. You put up wires, you strap it, you hold it up. Why? Because you want this vine, which is this branch, which is beautifully attached to the vine, to produce fruit, and it will naturally. But the trellis, the, what we put behind it, is what helps us. Now, if you go, if I want to grow my spiritual life, and let's say this is a vine, I, I, can, I, I need a backbone. And any church you go to will have this backbone. It will be unseen. 
It's what, it's what the, the people began to perceive, that Jesus spoke with his own shmiha, is the Hebrew word. It means, it means his own authority. Jesus didn't have the backbone, this trellis that the, the, the Pharisees were working on. Jesus sort of had his own, and, the, and people kept kind of, what's behind? Can you explain this piece to us? Because we want to build our lives like you do, Jesus. And so if you have a backbone, every church has one. And let's say we, we were to just come. We, we try to building a, a, a journey map, which really is this opportunity where you can come and grow. And you can put up, you know, you can just sort of be, you can hang yourself on, on this journey map somewhere. You can learn and you can start somewhere. Because we said we need some sort of a trellis. But we said what we'd really like to do is to take those things that God has built into our hearts. Because you, you're part of a church, and any church you join is going to have its own yoke, its own, you should do this, you shouldn't do that. And it doesn't matter where you go, everybody has a binding and loosing. Jesus said, whatever you bind and loose, and that's what the rabbis understood, if whatever a rabbi bound or loosed was called his yoke, and every church and every ministry has a yoke. One of the things that's a little nervy to me is that there are so many people who are going online now who don't want to have to actually walk with people, but they want to put out their product. Come and buy my product. I'll give you a set of teachings. And some of them are actually brilliant. Let me just put that out there. The problem that I have with it is that they don't actually know you. And they're not actually walking with you. And they're not actually adjusting you because the Bible says, it says teach, but it also says correct and rebuke and encourage with all authority. So the problem with the online thing is that they don't get to correct you and they just want to sell you there for $59.99. You you too can get my book or my tape or whatever it is. Some of that is brilliant. So we want to come and build ourselves this beautiful looking life. And what we really need to do is we really need to connect ourselves in some way to something. I'm just trying to be creative here and get this done. <laughs> the point is, you can build your life on this trellis in any sort of way you want. You can build, some people will build it with, you know, well, I like that. I think that looks pretty. And some people are going to go, oh, I don't think you should start there. See, the point of having a trellis is that you can, you can be creative with it. There can be life. You can walk out your walk with Jesus in such a way that's creative to you. But it's gotta be something. Let me tell you about Northland's Trellis. We believe in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the gospel of God's grace, unashamedly. We believe in a mature response to the Holy Spirit. We absolutely love the moving of the Holy Spirit and everything he does. We believe that there is a style of church government, the attendance of the bride, a style of leadership that is absolutely incredible. We believe that fundamentally God is good and never changes. Now that's built into our trellis. And so when you want to come build your life in some way on what God's doing here, you can do it in a creative way, but fundamentally you're going to build your life with us and it's going to look on our trellis something similar because different people are going to have different things that they do. Like... I think that looks good. You may build your life in such a way that makes it look a little bit more like Jesus. And all we try to do 
with a journey map was create a trellis. And hopefully that trellis will inspire you, not just to come to church on Sundays, but to actively and deliberately begin to try and develop a walk for yourself. So we filled it with all the resources we could. We took the best and the deepest, most deepest values that we feel like God has given us, the Word of God to this church, to this group of believers, that this leadership team is care, cares about and watches over. And we said, we got about 60 people to help us over a period of many months. And we said this real question, what actually, what resources has actually helped you grow spiritually? What has helped you get closer to Jesus? Tell us about what those are. I don't want theory. I don't want, oh, that's a nice thing. I want to know what helped you. And we got together with these 60 people, and we developed a, a, this, this curated set of, on, in eight different lands, and we said, this is what we're trying to do. We try to build a trellis. Does that spell Jesus? People, somebody says, there's no R in Jesus. No, there's no R there. No. It's not a law. Those are not the only resources that will bless your life. There are thousands of others. But it is a curated set that we're pretty confident. If you engage with them, they'll bless you, and they'll grow you, and they'll bring you closer to Jesus, and they'll, and they'll help you make more sense of what's going on here among us. And to that end, we've got a group of people every week now that are going to introduce you. So I'm going to invite those people to come up and just share the next little endorsement with you of some of the lands of the journey map. My name is Nicole, I'm part of the, the team here at Northlands, and we're just so excited to have Robin and Tyler with us this morning sharing about their experience with specifically two areas on the journey map. Tyler and Robin both were really on the ground floor of developing the entire map, but today we're gonna really focus on two of those lands. Um, but first, before we start, let me just introduce them to you. Robin Johnson is a wife of 40 years. She doesn't look it. She's amazing. Her and her husband, David, have been on the team here for a long time, and we're blessed to have them. A mother of two, Robin has worked in both corporate and ministry settings. Something that really lights Robin's heart on fire, and you probably have known this if you've been with us for any number of years, Robin is so gifted at facilitating interactive moments of the people of God to experience spiritual growth. And so she runs our Grace Finders group here, if you've been, again, if you've been a member, you have interacted with Robin, and she's a, a gift to our body. So welcome, Robin. And then this is Tyler. He is my husband and um, father too, awesome husband. Um, he has experience in uh, corporate and nonprofit sales, and then is, has been on staff here at Northlands as a pastor since 2019. So thankful to have him. Welcome them. Yeah. 
we're going to go ahead and get started. Um, I'm going to start with Robin. We're going to focus on the life on mission uh, land today. And Robin's just going to talk us through, give us an overview of this land. What is it about? What do you love about it? Uh, and then we'll dive a little deeper into resources. Ah, thank you, Nicole. Uh, I was thrilled when you asked me to speak on life on mission. Of all the eight, it's my favorite. Um, God has a dream for our lives, every one of us. Um, before he ever knit us together in our mother's womb, he prepared good works in advance for us to do. Um, he's called us to a life of meaning. And when I hear pursuit of a life of meaning, uh, it just means to me fruitfulness, exactly what Greg was talking about. We all have a call, on our God, God, call of God on our life to live in productive fruitfulness. So um, that's what Life of Mission is all about. It helps us discover what that identity and that purpose and that calling is. It helps us get equipped for it and then to actually pursue it because sometimes living on Life on Mission got some setbacks and some roadblocks, and we need the tools and the resources so that we can persevere and pursue what God's called us to. Yeah. Tell us about some of the, the resources that have really impacted you personally, because there are so many in each land, and I know that you were involved in curating all of them for so many of them, but specifically in Life on Mission, we want to get really personal, because I think the gift of interviewing some of the people that were involved in the creation of the journey map is to say, you're people just like all of us, and mm -hmm. this is not hard. Um, it just requires discipline, and, and we want to connect with you and your story and how you've grown in this area of mission and purpose with the Lord. So what are the, some of the resources that have really impacted you from Life on Mission? Oh, there's two that were extremely impactful to me at, at the perfect place in the season of my life when I came in contact with them. The first one is called Identity. It was a conference here. It was um, done by Dale Mass. I don't know if anybody heard of him. He's written two great books about the life of David. And he came and just shared six sessions on our kingdom identity. You know, there's an identity we have in Christ, like Greg was talking about. We're loved, accepted, forgiven, righteous. And this series builds on that foundation that each one of us have a kingdom identity. And it helps us discover what that is. And I was in a particular season in my life then when, I don't know if I'm the only one that does this, but do y'all ever compare yourself? No, but tell us more. <laughs> so, I was in very much of a comparison mode and just would see a lot of the um, call of God on people's life. And it's like, oh, that's so beautiful. And Dale made a comment, session one, I'll never forget it. It was such a pivotal moment for me. He goes, you know, we all have that a unique kingdom identity, and we're all built for what God's planned for us to do. So he gave an example. He said, um, for example, race cars, they're built for speed, and a pickup truck's built for transportation. And he says, so likewise, the, the kingdom identity God gives you is for what he's called you to do. One's not better than the other, it's just what you're called to do. And that just settled it for me. I actually asked the Lord, I said, so what kind of vehicle am I? You know? And so the first thing I got immediately was school bus. I love to gather people together, to come together to learn. We can learn individually, but there is something about learning together. And I was thinking about this this week, and I got a new one for myself. I am that car with the big student driver 
thing on it because I like to create these environments so people can learn, practice in a safe environment so they can go out and live their mission. So what about you? Do you guys have a, a vehicle that you're like or? Tesla or Lambo? Or <laughs> Yeah, baby, yeah. That works, that works. No, we, we were talking about this. I don't know if I have a, a, a name for a vehicle, but the premise of the, the conference itself was such a big deal because it was, it was to clarify the, the foundation identity of who you are in Christ, where we all begin, but then to take it up a notch, like you mm -hmm. said, about what's that unique piece that we all have. And what this really helped me do was to clarify, okay, what are the one or two things that Tyler's really gifted or called to do by the Lord? And the moment you can clarify that, is the moment that you allow yourself to, like you said, stop comparing mm -hmm. and to allow other things to fall off. Go, you know what, I'm not called to do that. Here's the two things that I'm called to do. And so whatever your vehicle is, the idea or the premise behind that imagery is, find what your thing is, and then it allows you the freedom to release everything else. And so, I don't know, does that sound like a Tesla? Yes, it sounds like oh. a Tesla. <laughs> what else, Robin? Um, the other one that was probably the most impactful series or teaching on that particular land was the teaching Greg did called The Big Kids Table, Conversations About Spiritual Maturity. It's a four-part sermon series. And I, again, it came at just the season of my life where I needed. And he makes, if I'm going to try and do it justice, so I can, I really want you guys to hear both of these. But he makes this analogy of the call of God on our life is like, these thoroughbred horses that over in Europe that were picked, they were already wonderfully made and thoroughbreds, but they were picked to go into a training and a process so they could pull the king's carriage, bring an usher in royalty. And that was such an intriguing concept to me. So he begins to talk about that, that these horses have to go through this process and discipline and testing. And he talks about three different um, processes or things they have to learn. They have to learn to bear the nature of royalty. So these horses are taught how to walk and um, how to, specific to what a king's carriage would do. They have to, what was the second one? They have to learn to listen only to the king. Lots of things that they're taking, ushering in the king into, out to the people. There's a lot going on. And don't we have a lot of voices clamoring at us in the world today? A lot. And so they were taught how to listen just to the king's voice. And the third one was they had to learn how to work in team. Because two horses harnessed together. And specifically, I remember one of the tests. He says in each one of those learning areas, those processes, you're going to have tests. Not pass or fail. If you don't do well, you get a chance to do it again. Practice it. And um, so one of the tests when you're learning to bear the king's nature was this test of treasure. So where your, where's your treasure? And that was such a perfect teaching for us where we're at in that time because, and his treasure is always talking about your finances. You know, the Lord's given us um, treasure to manage, and he's also given us treasure to sow. So he's given us bread to eat and seed to sow. And David and I have always um, tried to function well in the financial, and we've done well, and we've had some fails. We really have. And in that season, it was really comforting to me to, to talk, hear about that test, realize that when he's bringing us into our kingdom and identity, we're going to have some tests 
and we're going to have to learn some things. And it was super helpful. It just kind of settled me down. It's like, okay. So what we do, we went in and we really started to talk about or together and learn about just our kingdom finances. And it's been beautiful. So thank you, Greg, for that series. It was very impactful. Thank you, Robin. Before we move on to Church Life, I just want to make the announcement that all of the resources that we're going to be talking about today and in the next couple of weeks, you can access them just by scanning the QR code on the, the seat in front of you or on your armrest if you're in the front row. So if you just scan that, you'll see all the resources that we mentioned today. And really, again, we've said this, but the goal of talking about this and having these conversations is so that you find a resource that really kind of connects with where you are. And you may say, that's me. I, I want to connect with my mission and my purpose and, and growing in my spiritual maturity. That resource is available for you. You can listen in your car. You can watch it. Please engage with some of these or one of them because we believe as we cover the entire journey map in the next couple of weeks that there will be at least one thing that will really minister to you in your life stage. So again, those resources are all available for you if you just scan that QR code and also on the journey map online if you go to our website. Um, let's move on to church life. Can you give us an let's overview? Go. Yeah, so church life, uh, you'll see the different mile markers there under church life. Um, to, to just condense it down as much as possible, uh, for us, church life consists of maybe three main categories. Number one, we want to talk about, uh, the, well, really the why, what, and how uh, of how church operates and how we, how we work together as a team, how we build community uh, but really the three components that we see is we want to go, okay, what's the, what's the vision that Jesus had when he said, I'm going to build my ecclesia or my body, my, my church? So we want to we understand what was the plan that he had in mind when he, when he envisioned what we're doing here today. And then from there, one of our big values here at Northlands and why we have something called the journey map is because we're, we're after health and vitality. We want a healthy response to the Holy Spirit. We want to understand in healthy ways how to express this gospel of grace. And we want to have a healthy leadership structure, governance in place for the body. And we see that that's part of the design that Jesus had for his church, for his body. And so we look at what are healthy leaders look like in the church, our elders and our deacons. And then we focus a lot in this land about what, what does it look like uh, for, for members of a body to, to participate? How, how should we be healthy members of this community here? And so what, what are the roles for all the believers? I think one of the challenges that we find um, is because we live in the Bible Belt, because we're in the Western culture, we become very familiar with church. Um, there's a danger to familiarity that, that comes in that you go, oh, I've, seen, I've seen church or I've been attending church. I've been coming to services like this for decades. And we think because I've been so close to church and maybe even a part of a membership process at a church, I know what it means to be a healthy church member. Um, and that can be a bit of a, a danger. It's, it'd be the, the logical uh, way of thinking of, oh, I've seen marriages before. I see how people operate out and about. I've seen marriages or I've seen parenting. Parenting looks so easy. You just rationalize logically with the kids when they're fussing. Hey, would you consider stopping that right now? And it's it just, only, it's, it's, it's super only. easy. You've done, I mean, we've, it's easy. Or you're watching, you know, if I can make it, you know, if you're not a parent, you know, you watch pro sports, Serena Williams, tennis. All she does is just wax the ball. How, how easy is that? So you can get so familiar, be like, oh, I could do it like this. This is super, this is super easy to engage with. And I, I think that the danger is, is if we bring that into the church culture, we go, oh, I've seen church before. I just show up and I attend and I went through the membership class that Northlands offers and now I'm a member. And so, the, so really the journey map for us goes, okay, but, but now what? For us, our membership class is really just the doorway to the beginning of the journey to being a healthy 
uh, member. And so what we want to do is we want to do our very best to ask the question, okay, how do we practically build healthy community here at Northlands? How do we practice? We don't just want to go to a church. We want to be a part of a great church. And I don't just want to be a member, a, a body amongst a group. I want to be a great member that brings life. When Jesus said, I'm building my body, he thought about different members and parts. And so we want to ask the question of, of what is your part that you bring? And what's a great expression? Not just a, a showing up and attending or a consumeristic mentality, but a spiritual contribution mentality. What does that look like? And that's what we're after, really. So church life for us is teaching what church should be and how to build it. Can you kind of involve your personal story? What does that look like for you building practically in this church community? Yeah, Nicole and I were talking about today and, and this morning and, and kind of going back and forth. And I was just thinking about my, my story and my experience going through our membership process here at Northland. So it was 2010. I was a young 20-something, zero experience in anything at all. Was, was called to Georgia, number one, because I was dating a gal who I was like, I'm going to marry this girl. Uh, and I did. <laughs> and that's my baby. We're at January. Let's go, little girl. Before all of that, though, before Pastor Tyler existed, Tyler came with zero experience, a calling. The Lord said, hey, I want you to be a shepherd. I had no idea what a shepherd was. Like someone had prophesied in a meeting, hey, Tyler, you're called to be a shepherd. I was like, never even worked with livestock in my life. <laughs> And so no, no clue of what that meant. And the more that people walked with me, they go, hey, it's, it's pastoring and, and, here's, and here's what it looked like. But I, I come here and the job at the time, I was an inventory counter for Gwinnett County Schools, which was just a big name for a guy who takes jars of bolts and screws, dumps them out on a table, counts them 350, 500 individual screws, puts them back in the jar and then labels that jar 500. And I did that for eight hours a day. Uh, that's, that's, that's the gifting that level that I was at at the moment. I was like, I can do this, okay? And, that's, and so I did that for eight hours. And then I would come home. I would have dinner at the Haswell. So Michelle kept me alive for probably about two or three years here. I, I was insured one square meal a day. And then after that dinner, about eight o'clock at night, I'd go and I was doing, I was a student. So I was at, in school online from North Carolina doing online classes. And I did that till about 11 o'clock at night. I say all of that and play my little violin for this reason. <laughs> Completely isolated. I worked in a job where I was by myself for eight hours a day, and then I also was doing online classes by myself, completely isolated. And I don't know if you sense this from me, I like people. <laughs> and so completely no community, as, as Robin was saying, the journey map is about being in community. And then I had a calling, but no experience or gifting whatsoever, and didn't know how to get there. So how do I go from counting bolts in a jar to growing in my calling? And that's where Northlands comes in. And people began to teach me, what does it mean to be a part of the life of a church? And it was this encouragement, as you'll see here, as we look at the requirements that Jesus laid before us, because we're, we're saying, hey, one requirement to be a member here at Northlands, you must have a vital personal walk with Jesus. And then it, we, the way we define that is confess him as Lord and Savior, but then also commit to the yoke of his discipleship as it's laid out in Scripture. So that's the one requirement to be a member here. But then we ask the question, okay, what does it mean to become like Jesus? And in order to do that, we put up these expectations. Understand the body, commit yourself to community, commit yourself to service and generosity, and then transformation is discipleship and evangelism. It's the journey map, participate in that, and evangelism. And the reason I bring all that up, and you know, I think it's fitting that you put the you know, mature response to the Holy Spirit in, in the uh, big kid's table, is the only way that this works for us, the only way you grow spiritually is that you participate in it. You don't, there's, there's two types of people who are in love. There's the, the couple who are two weeks before the wedding and they go, man, we just love each other. I don't think we're ever gonna fight. 
I just finish her sentences. Jerry Maguire, you complete me. And then there's people who are 40 plus years in marriage and they talk just like those two, that two week couple. Like they're just as desperately in love. And our, our assumption is that we see these kind of people and we go, well, I guess they just found their soulmate and they lucked out. They just, they just found a great marriage. But you don't find a great marriage, you build it. And you don't find a great church, you don't find a great community, you build it. And it requires, Northlands is not some sort of program where you come and consume something and if you just keep consuming, eventually you're gonna become spiritually mature. It's a dance of participation continually. The Holy Spirit's at work and moving and you're moving with the Holy Spirit. And so what I learned in my, my story being here was I didn't just become Pastor Tyler. There were men and women here who invested into my life. They called me to service. I joined multiple grace teams. I joined community groups. And in those spaces, I was met by men and women who poured into my life. They welcomed me. They gave me free meals, pray against God. I was a student with no money. And they, and they, de they developed me. So Pastor Tyler wasn't found, he was built. And I think that's the call, whether you're, you go into ministry or whether you're in the marketplace or whether you're a parent or whether you're a soccer coach, you don't just become a great one of those one day. You're built. And so this is what we wanna understand in church life is there's a participation to come and be a part of this thing. And, and, and we're not just a bunch of consumers and a few people are building, it's we are building a community. So that's what church life is and that's what we're after is how do we do that practically. That's so good. Can you talk about some resources that have impacted you personally? Yeah, two, two resources that we were, we were talking about, they, they immediately came to the front of mind. There's a bunch of resources under Church Life, but check out the series They Devoted Themselves. Uh, we did this series uh, a few months back, and it's all about Acts 2, the early church blows up, and we just look at the formation of the early church. How did they operate as a community of believers? And we went very practically into the different expressions that, or qualities that every single one of the churches had in that space, whether it was commitment to prayer, breaking bread together, uh, a devotion of worship, devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching. So it's just a very practical how the big C church is supposed to operate no matter what culture you're in. Uh, and then the second resource is a little bit more zooming in boots on the ground here at Northlands. It's the Y series. I don't know if you remember that, if you were a part of it, but the Y series is really why do we do the things that we do here at Northlands? So the, the series is filled with, you know, why do we build churches that transform lives? Why do we do testimonies? Uh, why, do we, why do we preach from the scriptures? All of those kind of questions are answered in that series. Um, and, I, and I would just encourage you, the third, kind of the third resource uh, is, is join a, a community group, join a grace team. If you wanna grow Amen. in this area, if you, wanna, if you wanna grow, and you might be here today and you resonate with my 2010 Tyler of, I am isolated, I'm alone, this is how you break out of that, how you find community, how you discover your gifts. And if perhaps you're here and you're saying, Tyler, I've got community, I understand my gifts, you're here to help build into the lives of people. Yeah. Every single one of us is on mission, as Robin was sharing about life on mission, we're called to be building up one another and others building into us, and that's, that's life. So join a group, and I'm gonna just shout it out, our kids ministry, our families are blowing up right now and in the best possible way. Little Lambs is doubling up. We're taking over an entire wing. Serve in Little Lambs. If you're not, if you're a member here at Northlands and you're not serving on a grace team, serve in Little Lambs and in Jam Club and in River Zone and we're launching a youth program in the new year. Uh, we need your help uh, because we need your service and the gifts you bring in those spaces specifically. But there's so many places to serve, but I'm just gonna shout those, those out specifically from there. And, I, and sorry, last thing, I just encourage you, we're coming up on the holiday season. Uh, this is the perfect time to think through how you're gonna consume this content. Uh, so I plan to do either walks or runs in connection with the Lord. I'm just gonna plug in my podcast, listen to that uh, identity course, Steph from Dale again, and just use this holiday time as an opportunity to, to receive that content. And then let's hit the new year with being a part of the local church. 
Yeah, it's so good. Thank you, guys. I, I want to just kind of pose one final question to each of you, and that is, as we're rounding out the year, as we're kind of closing out, everyone's thinking about the holidays. As Tyler said, this is a great time. We were traveling. We're, we're going to be on a road trip next week. You know, this is a great time to say, you know, what's a podcast or a sermon I can listen to? What's a book I can read? Um, <clears throat> but I, I would ask each of you, what is what is one word of encouragement that you can leave with us as we're talking about spiritual growth, as we're talking about maturity? What is one thing the Lord has taught you on the journey? Because I think for both of you, as you shared, you've been on a journey with God. And this is a journey map. This is not a, <clears throat> I will read one book and I'll have all the answers. This is a process of walking with the Lord. It's a lifestyle. Um, but what is one encouragement that you can leave with us about that process? Because sometimes it can feel like I'm not there yet. And there really isn't a there yet. There's always more, as Paul even said, you know, he pressed on. If Paul didn't have it all together, we certainly don't. And I want us to feel like where I'm growing right now, I am doing great. You know, I am, I am growing. The Lord is with me in this process. So I just want to hear from you guys because you've inspired me, certainly, uh, just knowing you two personally. The journey that God has had you on has inspired me to know there's always more for me in God. I'm gonna let Ty go first because he's quick in his thinking. So, there's one of my favorite quotes from a guy named Eugene Peterson, and he talks about spiritual discipleship and growth. And he just says the key is faithful obedience in the same direction. And so um, we'll sometimes underestimate um, what God can do in the long term, and we'll overestimate what we can get done in the short term. And so. I would just encourage you, it's, it's a practice. Just as Greg's talked about this lattice or trellis, just as we've been talking about in this series about spiritual growth, it's a practice. It's not about performing in perfection. We're gonna mess it up. It's gonna get messy. Uh, and, and the goal here is not try and perform and do it perfectly. The goal is to say his mercies are new every morning. I'm gonna wake up, commit to the practice, and I'm gonna faithfully do this again and again. That's the secret for healthy marriages, the secret for healthy parenting, the secret for healthy church community, and for your own individual spiritual growth is continual faithfulness to participating in the practice with the Lord. That wasn't me, that was Eugene, so. I think that was well said, Ty. I think for me, one thing I would like to say, what I like to champion is what's really transformed my life um, besides all the stuff we've talked about, is just having mentors in my life. Um, I just encourage you, ask the Lord for a mentor. We all need mentors. We need somebody to believe in us more than we believe in ourselves, to give us a place to practice, to call out what they see in us that we can't see. Um, and then, like Ty was saying, as you are growing and um, maturing, you be a mentor. Um, so that's how, it, that's how it happened. So that would, I would encourage you to do that. And I just had to ask the Lord, Lord, give me a mentor. And he provided. He always has. I have a mentor. I've always got at least one mentor in my life. And I love to mentor to people as well. So, Amen. Thank you, guys. Will you give it up for Robin and Tyler? Thank you so much. Again, all of the resources that they mentioned today are on available if you just scan that QR code. Also on our website, northlandschurch.com slash journeymap. You can find everything that we're talking about throughout this series. So 